Hey, this is Richie, and welcome to Augusta Ali Podcast on a beautiful Saturday morning. Coming up, we got something about, we're going to talk about WWE and Noah's partnership, CM Punk possibly done with wrestling, Sasha Banks and a WWE event backstage in Mexico, and much, much more. Alright, let's start with AEW Dynamite Recap. Let's start with Jet Jarrett arriving at AEW. Lethal defeated Darby Allin. During the end of the match, when Darby's going to dive onto Sun Singh, Darby, Darby bounces off the referee, then Jack Sunday Dud and Singh. Then somebody, somebody dressed like Sting, hit Darby with a bat. Lethal falls with Lethal Ejection for the win. During the post match, the fake Sting is real to be Cole Carter. The crowd goes mild, then beat Darby down. Sting music hits, but it doesn't come out. Suddenly, Jack Cherish shows up and smashes the guitar into Darby's head. Jared told Darby that he got a lesson from the last outlaw that whatever you worship becomes your weakness. He says that Darby come wants to worship Sting, that Sting becomes his biggest weakness. Then Jared then warns the rabbit delusion AEW band based those in charge that his fans have been wrestling over 35 years and left an impact everywhere. Jared says a two time Hall of Fame and a 12 time world champion from day one, his family fingerprints have been all over AEW. The crowd chants, You still suck. Jared said there will be four body bags before it is done. Now we got another bitch in there for aid for elite for the elite. We see a video of someone watching the footage of history AEW Trios Championship through a video editor with the elite being replaced with Death Triangle. Something like that. This leading to the elite's return at full gear. So, non title match. Moxley versus Lee Moriarty. Post match, I mean Ethan attacks Moxley after Moxley defeated Lee Moriarty. So yeah, that was basically Moxley destroying Lee Moriarty, eating the pages getting the one shot onto Moxley. This more to the feud. I see Moxley feuding with Ethan Page like after. More likely it's gonna be after at the full gear or Orange F wins. I don't know what's going on. There's one more doctor I can consult on this. This is what Saria says. Apparently, this way is Renee Paquette interviews Saria with Britt Baker being absent. There was. Then we have Sir Saria says she doesn't know what it takes to be a star while Britt always cares about herself. Surya said she has been through a lot of adversity, says she's come to AEW because there was something special and she wanted to help the women's division. Surya also says that she has one more daughter that she wants to consult, but she's not swear or not she can wrestle again. I had a guest sign up for tonight, but two canceling that rest were upset that you didn't go to a reunion. Now, it was from the acclaimed Billy Gunn's birthday bash. So here's the thing. The acclaimed Billy head to the ring to celebrate Daddy Ass birthday across six. Oh, scissor me, Daddy. Anthony Bowen talks about see swear dash Billy hands so he cannot scissor. Bowen says scissoring has taken over the world. They have had a birthday bash while scissoring. Caster breasts out some phone fingers so he can scissor. Caster now just sign across as AEW stands for acclaim every Wednesday. Bowen says the fact the life that everyone loves the acclaim as well as daddy ass. Bowen asks the fans for a gift for a daddy ass. Caster looks to see who is the best sign. Finds a giant scissors held by a kid. Yeah, based like that. The giant cardboard scissors became a gift for Billy and Bowens, and not just Billy's 30-year career accomplishments and the infamous TNA reverse battle role for, for giving him a world's greatest daddy trophy. Bowens says they plan to have special guests, but again, they talk about the last-minute thing. Others are upset they didn't go to a reunion and a big oh from their crowd. 
So we got both automobiles, a certificate of the option. He says he and Cassandra and Mary signed it. This needs injured from the gun. I get to be your daddy. Billy goes on the side, but the guns come out. Ask why chance breaks out. Guns ask the invitation was lost in the mail. Colts, even though they were invited, they still have a gift for their dad. W. Morrissey kicks down Billy from the behind. The guns then beat down the clan. FTR shows up with a big pop and clear the ring. Then they pick up the AO tag champs and hand them back to the claim. Boom, boom. Coca Bass back is Chris Jericho's opponent. We also have a welcome back chance from the crowd. Mm hmm. So, yeah, like Chris Jericho defeated Coca Bass to retain the RH world title. This was a pretty good hard hitting match. It got to the point. RH theme style, it was pretty good. It, it got to the point. That's what I'm saying. Post match, Jericho appreciates society. Grab Ian Ekrabani up on the announce table. And Jericho puts it on his glasses on before slapping and breaking his glasses. Claudio classes on trying to make slave the safe, but the numbers game take over. Danson runs the help. Guevara, Wheeler, Utah, runs the running, but the referee security tries to break things up. Backstage, Renee Perquette interviews Death Triangle. Then we got Pat Teller refaced. He wants real revenge for Death Triangle. He used to use the ring bell hammer as a weapon. It could be his only ticket. Yeah. So basically. Orange Cassidy defeated Ray Phoenix with Soros to retain the All Active Championship. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. During the match, Jungle Boy attacked Luchasaurus with a chair that chases Christian Cage to the back. Then he pushed Luchasaurus to a table across the bottom of the stage. Then the ending of the match with Pac showing up the light ring mill hammer. Phoenix takes it but throws it away. Cassidy hit Phoenix out of the air with an orange punch for the win. During the post match, Pac attacks Cassidy but Casadora Shibata shows up with Rockabara, best friends. Pac retreats. Shibata points out the All Elite Champion for Cassidy hands it a contract. Shibata signs it. Match is official, so it's gonna be Shibata versus Cassidy for Rampage. So yeah, that's basically gonna be happening for Rampage on Friday, live. All right, Jay Cockrell defeated Mary Schiffer to retain the TS Champion. During the whole match, Renato wrote a live commentary to distract Cargill. In the post-match, Kira Hogan tried to take the TBS champion for dial or to be laid out by Nyla. Cargill barks up the fall and Hogan heads to the back. So yeah, Nyla Rose versus Trey Cargill for full gears is, is up for is for the plan. Yeah, that's for the plan. There's an interesting vintage for the House of Black. Malachi Black can be heard praying for the, the father of the dark light. The images and memories apparently coming back from the dead is showing. So, House of Black is making a big return to AEW, and I'm in the press. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Mojo defeated Brian Cage to retain the ROH TV championship by submission. Here's the post-match. Gates of Agony, Tess Joe, Tack Joe, but Wardle makes the same. Powerhouse Hobbs because we're behind, plus that Wardle with Spine Buster. So, all in all, this was a good, good main event match. It wasn't perfect, but it what it was because we got Samoa Joe and Brian Cage fighting off first time. The post match where Hobbs hit a spy buster, Warlord looks like Hobbs winning the TNT Championship. That is most likely going to happen. That is going seeing this going forward. So basically, yeah. All right, we got Dynamite out of the way. Let's go to the news. Report details: How Shinsuke Nakamura versus Great Muta was made official. All right. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kenji or Muta certainly was not surprised wrestling fans from Spot to see time soon. The surprise announcement the match take place on, on January 1st, 2023 definitely caught a lot of fans off guard. Uh huh. Shinsuke Nakamura wrestled, last wrestled in Noah Ring like years ago. 
was on top of the WWE known in recent years for not playing nice other companies. After all this added to being a huge surprise. Many were how this match came together. And of course, a new report by Tokyo Sports. Nowhere had Shisuke Nakamura. They nearly circled somebody they want to bring in as soon as Kenji Muto and Great Muto announced this retirement tour. The report also said that Noah specifically trying to get a deal with done with Vince and were signed as CWCEO. Yeah, and unfortunately, back then, Vince didn't want to do it, but now Triple H took it over. He's allowing it. It is happening. So, yeah, it's happening. So, that's pretty much going to happen going forward. Noah Shinsuke Nakamura versus Yuta, January 1st, 2023. So, let's enjoy it. Let's embrace it. Anyway, let's get to Sasha Banks, a poorly backstage at WWE event. The boss Banks had not been seen in WWE ring since her infamous May 16 walkout. The left alongside her tag team party, Naomi and secondly vacated the women's tag belt. It's unclear where these two will return to the company, but rumors continue to swirl on the future. The contrast status of both women has been unknown ever since. There are many conflict reports on whether the stars are still covered. Meltzer, who appears before that Banks was signed a contract with WWE, has given an update on the star status on Wrestling Observer on Radio. Meltzer revealed that Banks was backstage page at a WWE recent event in Mexico. The day Meltzer said about Sasha Banks, apparently she went to Mexico City last night. Saturday night when W ran a area, Cleto, whatever it was. She was a special guest. Mm-hmm. She was not on the show. The fans never saw her, but she was there. I think it's the kind of sign you think that means there's certainly on a pretty good relationship mm-hmm. with her and WWE, but I don't know any other contract. It was a very tense sign. She would have been like guest on her backstage. So, it's either Sasha Banks' backstage indication there much attention being WWE and the boss fans will hope to see her back in the company soon after six months being away. But there was an update to this. Apparently, this was fake news confirmed by Shana Rossop. So, the Sasha Banks period Mexico event did not happen. We don't know if it's true or not. We're just telling you from Meltzer's. We don't know if we could trust Dave Meltzer, but we're just telling you what it is, what he said. So, let's go to this. A lot of people saying that Pam Punk reportedly saying he'll never wrestle again. CFL is doubtedly one of the most devised men in wrestling today. Ever since y'all occasion following all out, seeing the most Ada sword on stage superstar reported saying many of Ross would not work with Punkishan. He returned appears and more unlikely he will see the Chicago born star back in AEW ring. Punk is a fair amount of many fans and making the return of wrestling twenty twenty one. A lot of people would be disappointed to see him bound on street and see him more every year. But looks like Punk is no rush step back inside a square circle. Nick Hansen, who enjoyed Wrestling's on the radio, stated that many fans want to see Punk back, but as many uninterested keep him busy, he chose not to come back. Cats are not seen every issue with this guy. This is from Nick Hansen. He got a lot of inroads in Hollywood going on right now. She and Mel are certainly shining up, up when what they try to do over in heels right now. I had a lot of people knowing Punk that said to me, This guy never wrestled again. So the drama involved Punk and the Elite appears to be coming to an end. It's been dragged out for around two months, seeing the Elite week back on TV soon with. Punk pushing under projects. And the update to this, we got an update that sadly Punk has the wrestling bug, but it'll mostly be with WWE because AEW does not want his ass. I mean, it will mostly be with WWE because AEW does not want his old ass. So, yeah, very much it. Alright, we're going to talk about the five NXT releases from NXT. Mike Johnson, PW Insider. Confirmed that NXT releases are ongoing. Confirmed that Thomas are no longer WWE. Bodie Hayward, 
who is who are part of the Ch Ender Chase University group. So it was released. They had a storm with me. Hudson taking him out. Mm -hmm. Then we got Slow Jacobs, the former North Notorious Aunt Mimi. And here's a spicy fact. The Notorious Mimi was in AEW Dark at one point. They're just showing you, telling you this. So yeah, so feel bad for Sloan Jacobs. But AEW could sign her. That's pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we got Erica Yen from China. Signed last year. So... It's a sad, really. They could have used her. I guess she couldn't do it. I thought I, I thought Chinese people are, are work, hard workers, not lazy people. I'm just saying my opinion. Fuck, fuck, fuck the Chinese. <laughs> it's a little funny. A little funny joke. All right, Tamaris Griffith, 206 native of Texas, and made some appearances in Level Up, been released. Never been wrestling for a year. Probably WWE Parts released. Then we got Ru Fung, probably Asian or something. The Chinese. <laughs> you saw that really NXT deal a year ago has been released. He had made appearance on Twitter for a live NXT as a handsome role. So basically, yeah, he was a handsome role, so I understand that. But honestly, they could have used him better, but like a like a jobber, like like a Chinese or Asian jobber, like those jobbers with, with racial tones and said the words "choppy the pee pee." <laughs> I'm just getting ahead of myself. It's not a little fun. I just I don't mean it. I'm not racist. Just have a little fun. That's why I have fun people. All right, let's go to WWE Multi Choice Man Meteor Rice Sub Part of Sapphire Africa. WWE issued the following statement: This from, so WWE Multi Choice Span is the Meteor Rice Partnership with Sub Saharan Africa. Treatment service so Max become new home of WWE Network Sub Saharan Africa. All the premium live events and entire archive library. WWE Superstore will continue to broadcast live weekly episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT multi-year extension. This was Stanford. This <laughs> was Stanford. Mm -hmm. This is what they said. Now said WWE multi-choice today announced a major broadcast partnership. Now we're seeing Sean Mass leading the streaming surveillance in region, new home on WWE Network in Africa. The partnership incorporates all WWE premium live events, including WrestleMania, WWE Network, that's every original R-type program. Show stream on demand. Additionally, you talk about Supersport. Broadcast Supersport. You know, entertainment platform. Multi-chairs with team. Broadcast live weekly episodes. Raw. And then live events. And multi-chair extension. Mm -hmm. The likely program would tend to be broadcast between weeks a year. Mm -hmm. This is what it's called. And they will launch a brand new localized WWE content series called Jumbo WWE Expand WWE Multi Choice Partnership. We'll see additional partnership, especially leveraging WWE IP announcing during the term. Yeah. So basically, Show Max Pro is a parking leader and perfect home for WWE contests. And Matt Drew, WWE Senior Vice President of National our Premium Live Event, and that's something really this partnership will expand our audience a little bit more to WWE fans throughout the region. So Barry Dusky, Chief Operating Officer, Bone Chase. In a video added WWE to the Max platform, science and environment, you know, you know, sport loving African Sakai's are going to enjoy. AW must accessible and affordable. Joe Max and African streamers are that combine the best of the local content. First exclusive international series, the best kids shows, play sport for WWE Super Sport, Cozy WWE, so Max and Streams Night. So, yeah, basically, WWE made a deal with Africa, so. So they so they don't want to be assuming a racist or saying N words and stuff. 
This is WWE way say of like cover up to them saying N words multiple times. So they're still racist at heart. So honestly, good for good for WWE that forgot, but WWE is still racist at heart. Thank you. Whatever. All right, let's go to the investigation with Vince. Concluded, cost about nineteen point four million. So the investigation with Vince has concluded. There was a com- special committee that was assembled to investigate Vince's perverted behavior. Behavior that was racked up. So it resulted in a $19.4 million bill of goods. That's the result. So the news came apparently today at WWE's 2022 Q3 early report. And now it's a political shit. Vince has stepped down. So, however, there was a due to the tenure company Vince remained a stockholder control incidents. Interest. Yeah. So the special committee has been sent over several ways of especially the band banded in the way of escalating complaint the WWE management now has tasked ahead of them to apply suggestions made by the special committee to this board. Now we got okay, so barely WWE pre taxed the results, put that amount up seven point seven million dollars and nine point four million due to requirement of investigation. So basically this was a pervert, so it's always been he got in a lot of heat, and basically that's what happened. That's on him. Fuck Vince Ben. Goodbye, Vince. Coming up, we have a Rampage review. Then we're going to have some additional news. Another stop, like, we're going to be reviewing Rampage. Then we do the news. That's all I got to say. So, once again, coming up, Rampage. Stay tuned. All right, then, let's get to the AW Rampage recap now. Let's start with Cassidy versus Kisar Shibata. During the match, Arcassi managed to defeat Shabbat to retain the all Latin Championship. During the post-match, two shaking shakes hands. Cassie put the sunglasses on Shibata. This was an amazing match between Cassie and Shibata. Two men fight it out. New Japan versus AEW. Great. It's been a great show matchup. Mm-hmm. Shibata, New Japan. Strong style. Cassie being lazy style. So, yeah. That was pretty much it. That was pretty much the matchup. Alright, let's go for Claudio and Brian Danson want the Orange Championship. So basically, Claudio said he draws a line with Jericho. Basically, yeah, Jericho. Tacking on wrestlers like Riccoboni. Then men. People like Riccoboni, Jerry Lynn, and her people. Then mentions he has not gotten his Rawage World Championship rematch yet. Then we heard from Danielson saying he also won the Orange World Championship and brought honor and prestige to it. And he asked Jericho if he could give him one more chance, he could take the towel from him and stomp on his face. Then Rio came up, tell Jericho the balls in his court to make his choice. That was pretty much the Ring of Honor segment involving the Ring of Honor world title. And a little spoiler part later on, I will mention about Jericho later on. So that's a little spoiler alert. Okay. Alright. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, defeated Madison Rain, Sky Blue, Hayter pinned Rain for the win. Then uh, we get a post match saying like mm, like hater we're fine being the bullying when she becomes the AEW interim women's champion. Tarzan comes out, Tass Rebel Brit for brawling with hater, Stormper Hater the Texas Clovery. Brit then hits Storm with the title to break the hold and Hater holds the title up. So pretty much the segment is singly with with like with Tony Storm retaining against Hater. Hater's most like I see Brit turning on Hater. Out of jealousy, so yeah, that will happen in full gear. It's most likely will. So watch full gear, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Backstage, 
Tony Shavant interviews Jericho and Guevara. When Shavant asks Jericho to stop attacking the commentators, Jericho says he will stop attacking commentators, but there are no guarantees for backstage interviewers. Jericho says he will wrestle both Casanelli and Danielson. He says back to the comic club, the potentially don't like each other. He also says they'll bring Sammy and Guevara to back him up and make it a four-way match. He says that he and Sammy never said a bad word to each other, and when it's just him and Sammy in the ring, Sammy will do the right thing. That's most likely happening. Mm-hmm. So what I get in that, that Jericho's asking Sammy to take the, the the fall for him, and I don't know if Guevara, Guevara should stay here, but this is a little, like a, a crinkle in the matchup, like in the story of a comic club versus, <sighs> comic club versus Jericho appreciates society. Like this is a wrinkle in the in the feud. Like I add a little wrinkle to the feud. So when Jericho and Guevara ends up winning each other at full gear, I think Guevara will try to pin Jericho for the Orange World title, but but Jericho will still be champion. The most I see my prediction is Guevara is gonna try to pin Jericho for the title. That's what he'll try to do. And I see that happening. Yeah, that is most likely happening. Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, we got some Ricky Starks promo going on. Starks says that people have been wanting him to see him on television. He's never been played for the fans on him back because he is good and always delivers. Then he says that the fans, I like you too. He announced he's entering the AW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. He says people are probably pillars of the company when it's falling apart. He will be the guy who will hold up AEW on his bare back will become the number one contender at full gear. He said that John Moxley has bled for AEW 10 times over. That's what happens when the blood dries out, and that's what happens when a generational time meets an absolute one. So, yeah, Moxley and, I mean, mm. Starks enter the Eliminator Tournament, and I predict he will face Ethan Page and Full Gear. That is happening. That's going to be the match. So, yeah, take take it with a grain of salt. Mm. So, anyway, we go to the main event Wardrobe versus Gates of Agony. Wardrobe defeated. Gates of Agony. We had a marker setting. Let's try for the main event. He's big old black. Yeah, like a nigga, nigga. Anyway, where's the post match? Power Hobbs are up stage. Warlord pushes Samojo away. Call Hobbs to the ring. So Samojo wasn't pleased with the push, but Warlord doesn't notice it. Hobbs and Warlord had stayed down to end the show. So basically, Warlord pushed Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe did not like it. So I see that Warlord, I mean, Warlord will break up, and Samoa and Warlord will feud in the future. So that's what I see going on. Oh no! <laughs> like all in all, like AW Rampage was a good, very great show. It was a showcase show. It was good. All right, now we go straight to the news. Mm-hmm. Reporter reason for Cult Cabana's AEW re- return reveal. Yeah. Jericho announced that he was the title against any former channel of company history that was on Wednesday. Fans were racking their brains trying to work with who it might be. The man stepped out the challenge was Cult Cabana. Emission of confusion. Fans quickly pieced together a reason why Colt was chosen for the match. Many of the theories that some fans were drawing are based on the rocky relationship between Cole Cabana, CM Punk, Jericho, Warley, Fronted Punk, called him a detriment to the locker room. Russell Cabana last weeks after the investigation around all out drama and Warley concluded, which many took a side of Punk being done with the company in a late edition of Wrestling Zero Newsletter. Dane Miller detailed how idea for Cabana's return came to and potentially movies behind it. This for Rest of Zerber news what they said. Whatever it was, Tony Cobb's idea, we were told it was more for a locker room than anything else. 
had combat on the show, giving him a positive spotlight and months of being ostracized for reason due with him as addressing morale boasters since he had many friends there. It seems that as the return of raising morale in the locker room since a few months backstage AEW, Cabana mm-hmm. is clear popular among the roster and appears to the clearest yet. And yet, Punk is gone from AEW. So, what happened was, it was Tony Khan's idea. He brought Cabana in. CF Punk is gone. Moving on. Okay, we go straight to Jet Jarrett AEW's Director of Business Development. Ali Wrestling has officially added the last outlaw Jet Jarrett to the ranks. <sighs> okay. Jarrett arrived on November 2nd episode. Dynamite, the Santa Tara shot to Darby Allen. Seemingly aligned himself with Lethal, Johnny Dutt, Simon Singh, Cole Carter. Jared has gained physical with Darby Allen's chips, interested in the idea of potential singles run by Jared as well. No, it's a tag team match, it's one off. Jared laid out Allen's kind of scene promo AW, stating that his fans have been in the wrestling business for so long that their fair press are over their only wrestling business. The WWE Hall of Fame. Introductory Jeff Jarrett brings a wealth of experience in the AEW have held championship gold and impact WWE pretty much. So basically, yeah, Jeff Jarrett is back. He signed AEW as business development kind of guy, so that's good for the company. So we got something from Mahari. It says Mahari says Kamega and Young Bucks were victims from the all out Brahma. This is what I heard. Okay. My heart believes the elites and Mega and the Bucks were real victims coming out all these out pay per view in September. It's been well documented now that what took place at all out Shmia scrum backstage with parties involved suspended recently. The elites been spotted backstage at recent dynamites and also has had a couple of video packages containing IR TV shows. Speaking on his Extreme Life podcast, Matt Hardy states that he witnessed all the unfold, believes that the elite are true victims in a situation involving CM Punk and All Out. This is what he said. It's going to be very interesting to see the Elite back, the Young Bucks and the Omega. I'm very happy they're back. I would say it's right here, right now. These, these guys don't do anything wrong in this situation. If anything, they were victims. I'm telling you, in a first-person perspective, I was there. I witnessed it all. I love three of these guys. I know man, Nick forever. I just got to know Kenny while working with AEW. I'm happy they are returning to TV. And they are back in the mix. They deserve to be in the mix. Matt Hardy go on to emphasize how important he thinks the elite are at AEW. AEW have told so too. This is what he says. When I saw him yesterday, I said, it's good to see you guys. You guys are the heart soul AEW. The elite, in many ways, are the identity of AEW. Without these guys sitting on AEW right now, things are very different. Hardy will also go on to talk about Coca Van returning to EWT this past Wednesday. Okay. Alright, here's what Matt Hardy also says. Uh, I would say it was great. Coca has been away from WWE for a very long time. What it is, sit here and go, thanks, but we're in a position right now where we're back at EWTV TV, and I'm glad to have him back. My investigation happened, I'm glad it needs to be cleared, and they're coming back. Haven't seen Coco Ben, I see a great human, being performer, see him back on AEW programming. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much it. That was pretty much the Bucks and Mega are coming back to AEW programming. That was pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Iran-related news. Apparently, some wrestlers on AEW are interested in working house shows. Since AEW started in 2019, the promotion has sheeted away from running house shows from one having taken place. While Richard's House always wins the event in April 2021, Dale's place. Instead, AEW is focused on holy television events. The company has an advantage over WWE, which does, still does house shows. Following the COVID-19 pandemic, WWE has reduced its tour schedule. Joel, mm-hmm. Judge your new role as director of business de- developmental, including could include possibly helping AEW run house shows. So this is what Melster Way said. Right now, there are def- no definite plans for AEW to do house shows. There are not all wrestlers on the roster, but to wrestle more have expressed interest in them. Mm-hmm. Melster no- noted that it is tough to expand the life schedule for AEW. You could argue that the product has been the coldest since its debut. The benefit of working house shows is that it gives talent an opportunity to work on things when they like crowd, without restraints, pressure, and doing it on live television. Also, younger wrestlers get more reps in the ring. However, to make house shows profitable, you need to make top stars on the card. It's unlikely that Chris Jericho, Boxley, JJF, Rebecca, Ryan Yance, and others will work all the shows. So, yeah, AEW needs a house show, and I agree. We need more house shows. But luckily, Jetcher will make things better. So yeah, that's pretty much my opinion on the whole house show thing with AEW. Next news: Apparently, Hangman has previously pitched in the past for Logan Paul to come to WWE. This is what was like Paul Heyman said about this when he was a rec director to Raw. He pitched to Logan Paul to Vince McMahon to get involved in the scenario that ultimate culminate in a SummerSlam as a Rise of Royal Rumble match. He has seen the pole bars destroy the boxing industry from the beginning when they got involved. I mean, they came to such a level of much fanfare. This is no brand to a travel chief. It's no brand to a special counsel. This is a global publicity. This is a chance to take Logan Paul's audience and put those eyeballs on WWE. And more importantly, on the Roman Reigns and Heyman and the Bloodline. Of course, the desire to retain as many eyeballs as possible because we're trying to seduce them around the entertainment. And then we have... Heyman's thoughts on regime change in WWE. Well, honestly, it's different than the last cha- transition because the last transition was going to be end of New York territory, beginning with a national and global expansion. Anybody has seen the rise of any McMahon knew that his vision and his global goals and ambition could not be contained in just no recent territory. He saw that mansion on Claybowl and realized the national game now with an eye on ones in national and go international. So about the end of professional wrestling or using militia sports in its hands, they kind of cost that bigger and better rider. As an animated friendly license our after figures, t-shirts, and memorabilia, to a such of the big vision with very enormous teen niche industry. Now we see a giant change of five and a half billion dollars public traded global conglomerate. It is a far cry from different type of oppression into the future because the inheritance of the product comes along with the fact that the products are established with a billion dollar license fees and therefore expansion over the pockets. There's not going to be a drastic change in the entire concept we're promoting. We're going for a worldwide wrestling federation that might become world wrestling. The concept that is now new world wrestling entertainment that was last transition. The transition that we do with world wrestling entertainment building our license fees, how we do progress in today's culture. To dominate today's culture, compete with NFL, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, see football, soccer, cricket, etc. So let alone form of entertainment. That's out there. And all I want to see going forward is the same as I see given for 35 years ago. The same answer I given in 1993 going to Philadelphia is the same answer I gave in 2021. 
2001, coming aboard WWE. The same answer Paul Hammond says, I gave Vincent as a second director of Raw. New suicide, new talent, new personas, new characters, makes him knows we care about. So there, this was basically Paul Hammond's take on the whole situation with the Hogan Paul, Jake Paul, the Paul brothers. In my opinion, the Paul brothers, they're good, but they're not they're not on the rank of John Moxley or Ricky Starrs, Britt Baker, or any other talent. You know, if they were to come to AEW, may have my opinion would have changed. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah. Look, the, the Paul brothers are mid to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, this is my Gasoli podcast. <sighs> See you next Saturday. Because I got plenty more plans in the future. See y'all next Saturday. Bye.